0: Hi, my name's Steve, and for the past 19 years, I've been part of one of the best communities on the planet, the military community. I served four years as a soldier when my wife Heather and I joined the Army to pay off some student loans, and when I got out, I became a full-time military spouse. I transformed into Mr. Army Wife. Through all of the moves, deployments, and different opportunities and struggles I've experienced, the one thing I'll never forget are the other military spouses I've had the pleasure of meeting. They're amazing and I want you to meet them too. On today's episode, I'll introduce you to Maggie, Stephanie, and Dustin, three military spouses I get to call my friends. It's the Mr. Army Wife and Friends podcast, and it all starts right now. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you're listening. It is episode 10. We've made it to episode 10 of the Mr. Army Wife and Friends podcast. My name is Steve, I am Mr. Army Wife, and I am so excited to jump right in because I've got three amazing military spouses and friends to introduce you to this week. So let's jump right in. First, I've got a wonderful lady I met at Fort Stewart, Georgia. Her name is Maggie. Maggie, hi, welcome to the podcast tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
1: My husband has been in the army for 20 years next month. So we've been doing this for a hot minute. We have three daughters ages 15, 10 next week and seven. And we just moved to Florida and we'll be doing a geographic bachelor thing for the next three years until he retires.
0: He's getting ready to deploy. And so you were like, I'm going home
1: where you came home. We have extenuating circumstances with the family and with a disabled kiddo. And so it just, it made sense.
0: Well, thank you for being on the podcast. I'm so glad to talk to you a little bit. Up next is a male spouse, another male spouse on the podcast and him and I strange ways that you meet people. Sometimes Dustin and I met on a cruise. Heather and I were on a cruise for Christmas and all of a sudden we run into this young lady who is in the ROTC program at her college, getting ready to uh, get commissioned and she's already married. She's married to Dustin. She is now commissioned. She is now deployed and Dustin is, has agreed to be on the podcast. So Dustin, brand new army husband that you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: I was a former Marine back in the day, 2005 to 2013, so I have a little experience in the military life. Uh, Me and my wife got married while she was in the ROTC, and obviously this is her first duty station, so first year in. Hasn't even broke the whole year yet. She's over in Afghanistan, so we don't have much to say, but we look forward to all the opportunities that we're going to have and places and people we are going
0: to meet, so look forward to it. And you're on with three veteran army spouses tonight. So if you need to know anything, we probably can help you out with that. We'll get into that a little bit later. Thanks for joining us. And then uh, last but certainly not least, she is a great friend right here at Fort Knox, Kentucky. It is Stephanie McCullough. Thanks for being on the podcast, Stephanie. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Hey, Steve. I am married to Kevin and we've been married for 18 years. He has been in the military for 21 and we have moved nine times In the 18 years that we've been married, we have two boys, uh, ages 11 and 13. And even though I feel like I should be a veteran senior military spouse, sometimes I still think, hey, I don't know what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) I think you know what you're doing better than you think you do. Well, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. All right, well, let's just get into our conversation. We're just going to talk a little bit about our Army experiences. Maggie, I'll start with you. Since you've been in probably the longest out of all of us, including myself, what was something that you remember when you first became a military spouse? What, what happened?
1: It was so different. We've been married almost 19 years It's been interesting to watch the change and the progression of things. Some things seem so much easier now. There's so much more communication and so much more availability of things. But when I first became a military spouse, I had senior spouse mentors, essentially, who really took it upon themselves to help me figure out and navigate the system and the expectations of what my role was in supporting Daniel in his career and like just surviving without him because, you know, he joined the army in 2000, which there was nothing happening in 2000, but then, you know, a year later, he's been gone essentially since. And so I had some really great senior spouses that stepped up and showed me how to do things and showed me the best way and helped me through all of those things. I feel like that's not as available as it was back then, or maybe people aren't taking advantage of it for the new spouses. It's interesting to watch some of these new, and Daniel was enlisted at first. He spent the first 11 years of his career enlisted before he went to school. So his career trajectory has been a little different too. And we've been in so many different kinds of units that it's sort of, you know, it feels like starting over every time because he's been in aviation and field artillery and cavalry. And there's always somebody there who is willing to help you with everything now, which is nice.
0: But you feel like a new military spouse every time you go somewhere different. Every
1: time. And then, it's so funny because like, when we first started and he would talk about people at work, one time I told him, I was like, could you just draw me a diagram of like, how this works? Because I'm so confused as how can a troop be a single person and the company? And it was like, just draw me a picture. And so then we switched into the cavalry where they had troops again instead of companies. I'm like, I'm gonna need another one of those pictures. And he goes, but we've been doing this for 17 years now. I said, I know, but I need a new picture. This is different and I'm confused
0: again. (laughs) Stephanie, how about you? What happened when you became an Army spouse?
3: When we first got married and moved uh, to Fort Drum, he had been there for almost four years. So I was only at Fort Drum for a few months before we were then sent again to Fort Gordon. And we lived off post there. So I truly didn't really have the initial new military spouse experience there as well. It wasn't until we then went to Fort Bragg and he was a young captain and took company command. And the brigade spouse was just an amazing woman and mentor. She's still a great friend to this day. She was welcoming and inclusive of me from the very beginning, answering any questions I had, kind of taking me under her wing, a mom in a way, how she just treated everybody. And it truly, truly came from a genuine place. It wasn't just her role as a senior spouse and that's kind of what's expected of you. It was all very genuine and authentic. And to this day, I'm still grateful to her and still um, good friends with her. And I know at any given moment, if something were to happen, I could go to her and she would say, what can I do to help? How can I help, you know, the situation? And it's just always been something that stuck with me to really try and portray that to others that I come in contact with as well. So I think that was a great experience that I had as a, not a brand new military spouse. We were a couple of years in, but from my real first bigger duty station and experience with the military community.
0: Dustin, you are a brand new military spouse, but you do have a little bit of military experience having been a Marine. I guess my question to you would be, when you got up to Fort Drum, and she was fresh out of college, she's fresh as a second lieutenant, what was, what was the experience like getting to that first Army duty station for you as a spouse as opposed to as a Marine? Yeah, we got there. It wasn't uh, where we wanted to go, to be honest. I mean, we wanted to be kind of
4: down south. Uh, we lived in Michigan. Oh, well, she went to school in Michigan, and we lived there for a little while and realized we do not like the cold. And then um, got the phone call, or she got the phone call, and uh, called me literally five minutes before I had to go to work and said, hey, uh, we're moving to uh, New York. And I was like, yeah, no, we're not. (laughs) And then she was like, yeah, we are. I was like, oh, that wasn't even on the list because, you know, as you're in college or, you know, in the ROTC program, you get to choose your, like, top ten places you want to go and everything was down south i think the farthest north that we had might have been uh, like fort bragg or something like that so nowhere near up north getting there was just uh, kind of crazy especially because we got there in january so kind of almost in the middle of you know snow time so it's like okay she had training for her um i guess mos or what they call school um I don't know what the army really calls it. We called it MOS and uh, the Marines. So we were in San Antonio, Texas for about two months, you know, living it up in the nice warm weather. And then all of a sudden like, Hey, we're going to New York. Cool. It's 90 degrees. And now we'll go to 10 degrees. So it was an instant change. And then, uh, you know, trying to figure out everything. Luckily, she knew some people from um, college, I believe, that uh, one of them was uh, already stationed there. And she actually had a friend whose uh, husband is actually stationed there, too. So she actually knew somebody, at least. So that kind of helped out a little bit. And then um, going there and just doing everything that we could. They were really helpful trying to help us out. um uh, trying to get us going. And yeah, so we got a, a house on base. We figured it'd be a lot easier to live on base, being in the cold, as opposed to, you know, trying to have to deal with all the snow off base and trying to figure out all of that. So we decided to live on base So we have a place on base. And obviously, you know, we got there January and then bam, March came along and she was uh, getting deployed. So there was that. So we, w- we haven't even been there that long. We haven't even got to actually see what the base is like or see what Fort Drum or Watertown which it's uh, located in, is like at all. So it's kind of crazy because now I left, I was going to actually in, try to enjoy the summertime, which I heard is beautiful up there. But uh, I got a job off or of down back in my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama, so I'm down here. And so we're going to go be coding back up. So when she gets back in November, we'll be going back Right back into the cold. <laughs> yeah, so it's like cool. Um, <laughs> snow again. Yeah, uh, luckily, it, has, it wasn't as bad as supposedly the past years I've been up there. Supposedly, it gets pretty bad uh, weather rise, especially being with the lake effect. It's only about 15, 20 mi- minutes away from Lake
0: Ontario. Hopefully, you know, the weather isn't too bad when we go back up there, but
4: we'll try to make the best of
0: it as much as we can. Ladies, it sounds like he just got uh, trial by fire right away <laughs> there, didn't it?
3: Exactly, yeah. Fort Drum sending you there in the first place. That's hardcore.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: My husband loved it there. He did snowmobiling in the winter, but like I said, I was only there a few months. We got married in June and we were moving, I think, in October, November. So I just missed winter there, which I was very thankful for because the stories he had told me, there are feet and feet of snow, not inches of snow.
0: So, Dustin, it kind of sounds like the most unexpected thing for you was the fact that you got Fort Drum out of choices of about 20 different other things.
4: She had like top 10% in the nation doing the ROTC um, program. She did this whole thing. She always, you know, had a 300 on PT test. They had this whole thing to well, if you got like top ten percent in the nation, um, you got to pretty much get to choose like the top three choices that you had. You got to at least get one of them. So we had like you know Japan, Hawaii, uh, and Italy. I think were our top three choices. We actually kind of wanted to get out of the United States. It seems like. But she got the phone call and got Fort Drum. And we were like, well, how'd that happen? (laughs) Well, supposedly the person that was supposed to take care of sending in the uh, paperwork did not send in the paperwork. So they didn't have anything for us. I would like to tell you
1: that that's welcome (laughs) to the rest of your Army career. Oh,
0: I I, I already knew. I already knew. There's four words. Being in the Marines. Yeah. Yeah. There's four is. words that you should just take to heart and it's called needs of the army. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: So when Daniel graduated, um, he went to school. The army has a program to, um, for physician assistance. And so he went to that program and it was in San Antonio. And when he graduated and commissioned, there were like 60 people in his class, the top Three people got to go to Korea on unaccompanied tours for their, yay, you graduated. Because they figured they were the top of the class, so they'd be fine without direct supervision. Treating patients and stuff, that was his reward. I think sometimes they look at your
3: list and they say, oh, look, number 30, they put such and such. That's where we're going to send them. <laughs> yeah. What was Wait on the bottom of the list? you have EFMP involved, yeah. too. Oh, yeah.
1: Because yeah. then it's just...
0: So let's talk about that. Has that been your most unexpected thing, Maggie, is working within the EFMP system?
1: EFMP is the bane of my existence.
0: Tell everybody what that is, first of all. Okay, it's I the think.
1: Exceptional Family Members Program, and so if anybody in your immediate family has any sort of special medical needs, then you get enrolled into EFMP. The idea being that then the army won't send you somewhere that cannot take care of your child or your spouse's medical needs. The idea is fabulous, and it's needed. The execution has a tendency to fall short of what it should be doing. Our oldest daughter um, had a stroke before she was born, and so she has a form of cerebral palsy. She has hydrocephalus, so she has a shunt installed, and she has a seizure disorder. So she sees a wide range of specialists, and she also has accommodations that need to be met at school due to the physical disability as well as the learning disabilities that come with with, you know, missing a third of your brain. We have a very extensive EFMP file. And they have just changed the process this year for this move cycle. But in the past, what they have done with EFMP is they have picked a place for you to go. They've said, oh, needs of the army, or this is where you want to go. Great. They give you an RFO, your request for orders, and then they send your packet to EFMP where that basis, the gaining post gets to decide if they can support your EFMP packet or not. And then if they come back and say, no, we can't have this person here, then you go back to branch and they go, oh, we have to send you somewhere else. For some jobs, that's not a problem. For other jobs, like say the PA, where there's one per battalion and that's literally it, when they've given out all the assignments and then your gaining post comes back and says, yeah, we can't, we can't do that. There are no jobs left and you're just up in the air. So that's super fun. And then, you know, it's about 75 pages of paperwork that you have to do every two years and turn in to them. And then, and you have to get your civilian doctors to fill out army forms so you know they don't do it right. And it's just, it's just, but you know, you do it because, I God help us, if we get stuck at Alaska where they don't have a pediatric neurosurgeon or try to send us overseas somewhere where she can't be accommodated in the school system.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's just a struggle all the way around on some level with that. Stephanie, how about you? What has been the most unexpected thing about being a military spouse for you?
3: I think... that that I discovered kind of a wanderlust quality that I didn't know I had, because I always lived near family. I'm originally from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and so grew up in the same house my whole life, and then even went to college nearby. First two jobs were within an hour of family and friends, and just never thought I would ever have the kind of experiences I've had in traveling, and I just, you know, it never even crossed my mind to live different places or leave Wisconsin. And so I found that, you know, initially it was a little scary at first leaving family and friends and everything you've kind of known and what your life has been like behind as a new newly married person and as a military spouse but I've just grown to really love like every place we've gone because it's truly about what you make of it. It may not be the greatest place according to certain people, but the more you put yourself out there, the more you try and join things and see the community and the surrounding areas, the better the location is and the better experience you're going to have. So I've just kind of really learned to embrace that. And now I can't even imagine living in one place for a long period of time. I'm kind of concerned about retirement. Like what if we get that itch in five or six years of living someplace to, you know, go someplace else. How are we going to have our final home, which is so intriguing to me and so exciting to be able to have like nice furniture that's not going to get damaged every time it's moved and, you know, to not have 7,000 different curtains to try and fit in all the different windows of the houses that you live, that you carry around with you, never knowing if you're going to need them or not. Um, So I've just really been, I guess, proud of the wanderlust that's growing in me and just kind of embracing it always as an adventure, so that was kind of the most expected thing, unexpected, excuse me, thing for me.
0: I love that. That's awesome, Dustin. What has been your favorite thing about being a military spouse versus being a Marine?
2: For me, it's kind of still too early to tell. It's you know, hasn't even been a year, and since I'm not even at like the base right now, it's like, am I even a military spouse? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fair.
2: I actually kind of missed it a little bit, actually going to be on base, um, you know, uniform and strict and everything, you know, the military kind of taught me a little bit. I got out because I think I went in a little bit too early. I think I went in right out of high school, so I didn't have the time to actually, you know, do the civilian life or go to college or anything like that. I was actually going to go back in, but kind of reached the age limit. Uh, I'm a little bit older than my wife uh, by a few years, but um I'm still trying to get used to everything. You know, she's gone and doing the military stuff, and then I'm staying at home, making all the food, cleaning the house, doing all the like fun type of stuff you'll you're supposed to do at home, right? I'm going to teach you how to fold a
0: fitted sheet. Let me tell oh, you. I know how to fold it's not a sheet. Thing. fitted sheet. It's
1: not a thing. I know you say it's a thing, but it's not.
0: I totally yeah, know well, how to fold a oh, fitted Oh, it's
1: a thing. Sheet. My husband doesn't oh, yeah. want to do it either.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's totally I easy. can
1: fold it. It's just not...
0: No, you roll it need. up into a ball and throw it into the process. I
1: do not. I fold <laughs> it slightly better than that.
2: <laughs> slightly better. I mean, it's a lot of fun, um, you know, doing all the stuff at the house and getting to I like to be at home, I do stay organized, I do stay clean, I do like to cook. So luckily I like to do all those type of things. So hopefully it will turn out well once we have you know, kids of our own.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying about, you know, you don't really have a favorite part yet because it's all so new to you. So when I was in, I was actually in the Reserves.
2: I wasn't active. I did go to college, I did have a civilian life, which is probably another reason why I did get out because being in the Reserves and then like uh, going to school and then having to come once a weekend every month, back in the military life, it was just like a big change. I did enjoy being overseas. I did enjoy doing the military stuff. You know, I was overseas for nine months you talk about the
1: big change. That was one of the concerns I had of moving home now was that this is not a military community. How am I going to meet people? How am I going to meet friends? Civilians are weird. And (laughs) like, I don't know how to do the things, you know, like, what do you mean you've lived in the same place forever and you go (laughs) to the same job every day? And your kids have never changed schools. My second grader is going into her third school this year. So I was kind of hesitant about that, but we're only 45 minutes from McDill. So I'm gonna join their spouses
0: club. Maggie, what has been your favorite thing about being a mill spouse?
1: Oh, the people. I have gotten to meet not only a bunch of really great people but like a more diverse group of people than I would have gotten to meet if I had stayed in my hometown forever. I think that the military makes friends different than civilian friends. You know, you get closer faster and you get like ride or die people. And if you're lucky, you get a bunch of them. Some from every duty station or
3: every section of your life, which is amazing.
0: Stephanie, what's your favorite thing about being a middle spouse?
3: I have to agree with Maggie. It's all of the different people that I've had the opportunity to meet and become friends with. And initially when you're a young spouse, the Army just seems like this huge installation, for lack of a better word. And the more you are in it, it kind of becomes that whole like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, but much closer than that. Because there are so many people that know somebody else that you know and you make connections that way. And it's just really interesting to, you know, meet them and say, oh, how did you know so and so? And they'll tell you where they were and oh, how do you know them? And it's just really cool to have friends all over the United States because we know Mm -hmm. no matter where we go or end up, there's always going to be some sort of connection there. And then the other piece, I think, is just the experiences we've had. Like I said before, you really have to make your experience what it is. And we love to go and explore the communities and the areas nearby and just really take in each state that we've been lucky to live in. Those are the two things that I think have been the greatest assets of being a military spouse.
0: What has been one of your biggest struggles?
3: A lot of it has to do with my kids, just making sure that they're well adjusted and settling in and trying to have that positive attitude no matter where we go, that things are going to be great, they're going to make new friends. And so far, they've been really resilient. You always talk about military kids, you know, kind of just blooming wherever they're planted. They're starting to have a little more apprehension about dad how many more times are we going to move because you know they're getting to that point where they want to be able to stay someplace for longer and have more of those lasting friendships but they've been so blessed with the friends that they've made that they have all over the place as well and so to be able to say you know oh you have a friend you know that we met when we were at Fort Irwin in California and now she lives in Germany and you still keep in contact with her and just things like that but I think yeah the biggest struggle is making sure that they're well adjusted and that they are getting the education that they need Because a lot of times where you're going doesn't always have the greatest schools, but you have to make do with what you have and what you're given. And so just kind of making sure that their experience is as normal as possible and, you know, not comparing it to, oh, if dad wasn't in the military, you know, we might have this, this or this. Just trying to have them understand that this is the life that they were born into and it's a great life and we make the most of it and just hope from there that everything works out for them.
0: We talked a little bit about communication earlier. It's easier for the kids to communicate with one another throughout the world now, too.
3: For sure. Yeah, my kids are always on Messenger or on, you know, chatting um, on Google chats and things like that with friends all over the place. So it's, it's definitely a great day and age that we have the technology that we have to be able to do that.
0: Maggie, how about you? What's uh, one of your biggest struggles?
3: I think being
1: alone is hard. I'm not introverted by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't like being by myself all the time. This is going to sound bad, but I think the majority of moms will get it. Being with my kids all the time is almost worse than being completely alone all the time.
0: I think moms get it more now than they ever have.
1: Yeah, oh, they've been home so much. But you know, just Daniel's never home. We were We were at Fort Stewart for four years and he was gone for 38 months. That's insane. And it's exhausting, especially when you add surgeries and kids' health and school issues and everything else on top of that. It's exhausting to feel like you are the only person that makes decisions and does the things. But... I think it's easy to feel like you are, but you're not alone. Fort Stewart, I think, proved that to me more than anywhere else that we were because I did make such amazing friends. Daniel deployed while we were at Fort Stewart. He left on a Sunday and our daughter collapsed at school on Monday and got to have a emergency Brain surgery on Tuesday because that's how my life goes. But I had amazing friends who, like, picked up my kids and took them home and fed them, and you know, they took care of the other two so I could stay with Grace in the hospital. You know, you feel like you're alone a lot of times when you're in the trenches, but you're not. You know, when military spouses say, let me know if I can help, they generally mean it. And they mean help from bringing a meal to coming and folding laundry. And that is an amazing gift.
0: Dustin, what do you think will be some of your biggest challenges? Well, one, I mean, once we have
2: kids, I am gonna be the stay at home, you know, father. So not knowing that, not knowing what to expect. I've always been good with kids. I was a cheerleading coach, you know, for a few years. So I've dealt with kids from four years old to eighteen. I've dealt with kids my whole life. And so I think uh, it will be a good time. Obviously there's always those struggles, you know, you hear every single parent like, Oh, just wait. They're all gonna be struggles. That's just in anything. Shoot, my job's a struggle. I go to work every day. I'm like, shoot, I'm just waiting for waiting for five o'clock to happen. But obviously, you know, when you have kids, you don't you can't say I'm waiting for five o'clock because that happens and then mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, they're still here. Um <laughs> and now they're
1: hungry and crazy <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's dinner time and they lose their minds at yes. dinner time every day.
0: That would probably be the biggest struggle that I see down the road. All right. Well, one last question in this block before we get into our article, which I can't wait to discuss. What do you think is something that civilian people might not know about you as a military spouse?
3: Maybe if they were in our shoes, they because people have said to me in the past, not recently, but I don't know how you do it. You know, I don't understand how you can have your husband gone all the time and, you know, be mom and dad and teacher and, you know, all the different roles that you take. And I wasn't born into this. I don't have power military experience or didn't grow up in a military family it's just something that you learn to do like anything else if it's important to you and obviously my spouse is very important to me and my marriage is important to me and so his military career is important as well you just adapt and you learn how to take on that role so that's why I think it's always funny when civilians you know say that it, it's just like no if if this were your situation you know you would adjust you would figure out how to do it and it wouldn't be something where you know you're thinking oh my gosh how do you do all of that I could never do that. Well, I never thought I could do it either, but here I am doing it.
1: My standard response to that is, what do you mean your husband comes home every single day? (laughs) I don't know how you do that. So like every single day forever <laughs> that seems so bizarre and foreign at this point
2: <laughs> dustin what about you but sometimes it's kind of hard you know leaving uh when they go overseas or whatnot you know uh and you see all your friends especially civilians like uh, i have a good friend of mine who has a girlfriend and they see each other every day and sometimes you know it can kind of be upsetting sometimes uh watching them like hang out you know hug each other kiss each other or just you know laugh and have fun and you're like well i'm kind of stuck here i can't go to Afghanistan, and you know, say hey, what's up? Like, knock on the front door, be like, hey, you want to go out? No, okay, yeah, gate um, night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, luckily nowadays, I mean, you could talk on the phone. I mean, obviously when I was in, you could still talk on the phone, but you had to use like a a prepay, you know, calling card and you had to go in a certain spot. Luckily, now we have like FaceTime, Zoom, things going on. So that way we can actually talk and see each other. So it makes it a little bit easier, but um, it definitely makes our bond a lot stronger being away from each other. We realize a lot of things that we do miss and that we do understand about, which in the civilian world, you know, you don't get that. You don't get that long distance kind of type of deal.
0: uh, Yeah, I think sometimes civilians Don't understand why we might not want to hang out with them as the third wheel while our spouses are gone? Yeah. (laughs) Maggie, how about you?
1: I think that people maybe don't understand or would be surprised by how little control we have over our lives. You know, like, our making duty station lists, that's really, it's not a thing. You make them, but they're just there to decide. I don't know why you make them. They're just for show. And, you know, we don't know deployments and all of that stuff. It's just not our decisions. It's not our decisions where to live. And in certain jobs, you don't even get the choice of like where to live. They assign you the house. This is the battalion commander's house. This is where you live. And these are the things you have to do as the spouse of this, you know, job. So I think that that would be
5: a surprise to a lot of people. Hey friends, it's Heather, Mr. Army wife's... wife? I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Mr. Army Wife and Friends podcast as much as I am. Steve and his friends will return in a few seconds, but first, I wanted to ask you to share the podcast with your friends and family. There's a lot of great information in each episode, and your help in spreading the word will make Steve's friends and your friends come together. You can introduce others to the podcast on Facebook and Instagram by searching Mr. Army Wife and Friends, or just share the link on your social media platforms. We would really appreciate your support. And now back to the show.
0: Well, thanks very much for sharing your stories. I want to get into the article right now. This is a really good article. I love it. It's from a Navy spouse. Her name is Lisa Molinari. It is from the Lemoore Navy News. And the article title is The Meat and Potatoes of Life, Making Military Friends, You May Not Be a Loner After All. We will have the link to the article in the show notes. Basically, it starts out with her thinking that she was an introvert and taking one of those online Meyer Briggs type tests and just going through a little bit of what she found. So Maggie, what did you think of the article and of her uh, testimony there?
1: I have encountered so many people like her over the years, and I have a dear friend I love, and I made her join things with me. She says to me one day, she says, how do you have so many friends? How do you know everybody? And I said, cause I go to the things, and I do the things, and I join the organizations. Literally nobody is going to knock on your door and say, would you like to be friends with me? It's not gonna happen. You know, she talks about how she moved off post when they were overseas and then she didn't interact with her neighbors and she didn't go to any of the things on post. And then she wondered why she didn't have friends. And I find that attitude to be annoying. (laughs) I'm sorry, but nobody is going to knock on your door and say, be my friend. But like, if you want to know people, then you have to leave your house You have to go somewhere, the spouses club or church or the FRG or the coffee group or whatever. But you have to make an effort and you can't just not make an effort for 20 years and go, I don't know why I don't have any friends.
0: Dustin, what did you think of the article? I'm not saying anything now. (laughs) (laughs)
1: She's like,
3: I am Lisa
4: Moly. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) man. (laughs) <laughs> this woman is speaking my language over here, and now <laughs> I just got shot down. I'm about to get plastered. Um I could be a very friendly person, outgoing, and always like
2: talk to people. Uh, it's just the initial step, I guess, the first phase of like actually going out there and doing it, and. I guess just me and my wife are two different ages. Uh, We're about eight years apart. So she is a little bit younger than I am. So when she meets some of her friends, they're just not, I guess, the guys that are her age or not as mature as I am. So it makes it a little bit harder she knew she was getting deployed like two months in it was kind of hard to like meet people and she didn't want to meet anyone and then all of a sudden like be gone and like you know miss them and stuff like that so maybe when she gets back it'll be a little bit easier kind of meeting out especially now that she's overseas with people it'd be a lot easier like mingling getting to know other people's wives or husbands when we all get back together and i know they're having a good time for the times that they do get to go out when they're overseas right now so hopefully, when they get back i can meet know them a little bit better because obviously this was a whole false duty station like i said so we didn't know anyone this is brand new start we couldn't say anything you know just like rookies i guess in this whole no for sure. whole game right now so uh, trying to understand everything so i literally i was whole to a t that article like when i came you know i didn't really didn't leave the house i went to go get groceries i went to go to the gym came home now, the reason is because it's cold outside. To be fair, to be it was 12 cold. degrees
0: outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I don't I like to make snow. a lot
1: of friends in Colorado because it was cold and
3: I wasn't going outside. So I get yeah. that.
0: <laughs> so. Stephanie, how about you? What did you think of the article?
3: I liked it because I could relate. I mean, I'm pretty much an extroverted person, but I have those moments as well where I think everybody does, where it's just kind of, you know, you're new to a place and you kind of have to just put yourself out there. And sometimes it can be a little intimidating or a little awkward at first, but for the most part, you know, the military communities are so welcoming and accepting. I mean, you get to your neighborhood and you're outside getting your household goods delivered and somebody comes by and introduces themselves. And of course, you might not remember their name right away or where they said they lived, but they start to, you know, become an acquaintance and then you get to know them better and they become a friend. And then they might even become part of your core group that you, you know, become really good friends with your tribe. But it's just like Maggie said you have to put yourself out there and it is what you make of it and there are days when you know i don't really want to go out and do things but you do because that's you know part of the experience and it's just uh, about embracing it and you're putting on a brave face and being willing to you know go up to somebody even new and say hi i'm Stephanie and introduce yourself and ask you know where they're from and if they maybe want to go get coffee or you know something little like that and most times you know people aren't going to turn you down or they're going to you know Invite you to something else as well so it's it's all what you make of it. I can see where you have those lonely experiences as well um, even as an extroverted person but I, I definitely think yeah if you're introverted it would be a lot harder to put yourself out there and try and make friends every few years when you're moving constantly.
0: Do you remember a time when it was difficult for you to make friends?
3: I think maybe initially at Fort Irwin because I'll admit, going into Fort Irwin, I didn't have the best attitude about it because I had heard, you know, it's in the middle of the Mojave Desert, your husband is going to be working all the time out on the rotations. It's basically like they're on deployment, so you just have to get used to that life. And so I kind of had a poor attitude going in, thinking that from just past experiences I had heard. But in the end, that ended up being one of my favorite duty stations because the friendships I made there were so meaningful and it's such a tight-knit community because you are are in the middle of nowhere. And so you're going through these experiences together where the majority of the spouses there, their husbands are on rotations and they're in and out of the box, which is what the training area is called. And you're not seeing them except maybe like randomly they can run home to grab a quick lunch and then they're back out or they're sleeping out in the box for you know 14 days of a 28 day rotation. And you get one weekend a month to go do something with them. So you really begin to rely on the friends that you make there and they become your family. And that was one of my favorite duty stations.
0: You learned a valuable lesson that attitude is everything.
3: Yes, exactly. And that's why now I know that it is what you make of it. So if you're going to not put yourself out there and have a poor attitude, it's not going to be great. And if you go in thinking, okay, I'm going to make friends, this is going to be fun, a new experience, you're going to have a much better, much better attitude and much better experience.
0: Maggie, how about you?
3: This
1: past duty station at Fort Carson, I struggled. And I think, again, like Stephanie said, I think I went in annoyed. I didn't want to go to Fort Carson. It wasn't on our list. It wasn't where we were supposed to go. It was really cold. And I didn't want to be there, so I didn't try as hard. But... Once we'd been there for a while and I got involved in scouts with the kids and the church and the spouses club and the stuff, I met really great people. When I got there, I think I was throwing a mini tip for a tantrum and I just, you know, stomping my foot. I don't want new friends. I want my old friends. And so I had to get over that.
0: We were all gone.
1: And honestly, that made it slightly better is that almost everybody that I had been friends with left. And my my core group of there are five of us girls that are like super, super close. We all left within like three months of each other. And so that actually made leaving a little bit easier because everybody was leaving. But I still didn't want (laughs) to.
0: Dustin, she talked a little bit about why it was hard for her to make friends. Not just that she didn't put herself out there, but she got involved in what her kids were doing, and she was doing a lot of stuff with them and different things. Why do you think it's hard for military people to make friends? Um, That's a good question.
2: I don't know. I think we're just... It's a whole different system in the military life uh, as opposed to the civilian life. And sometimes it's kind of hard to connect Being a spouse, if you're not in the military, to understand military, if that makes any sense at all. You know, it's it's just a whole different, I guess, society, you would say, being in the military and understanding it. Some people don't really know it all that well. So just trying to figure out that situation, I guess.
0: She talks about how she got into her solitary routine and how, you know, she became a master at meal prep and became great at planning her family vacations and researching therapy for her son who had autism and things like that, but she had totally lost the ability to meet new people in a way. Steph, why do you think it's hard to make new friends?
3: I think just because we get a little, I guess, bothered maybe as you get older and in your military career a little bit longer that, you know, you're constantly being uprooted and having to make all these changes and make new friends and it's like why can't I just keep my same friends and stay with the same group you know we all work so well together we take care of each other and it's just that change and sometimes change is hard and uncomfortable but it's just something that we have to do so I think that's sometimes the reason why it's hard to make new friends and put yourself out there.
0: Maggie do you think we put ourselves in boxes sometimes? She put herself into the introvert box. Right. Yeah. Do you think I we do that sometimes?
1: I think we do. And I think that sometimes our reputations precede us. So we might already be in a box before we get there, which is not always a bad thing, but I think it's really easy to find a comfort zone and then be like, well, this is my space and this is what I do. It's easy, especially when everything else in your life is not easy. When you've uprooted your whole family and you're dealing with the issues with your children and trying to keep them balanced and all of that stuff. It's just comforting and easy to stay home and be with yourself instead of putting yourself out there. Because I think sometimes, you know, the first time you go to an activity or a new thing at the new duty station, it's almost like middle school again. Like, does my hair look okay? What do I wear? What if they don't like me? You know, you get all wrapped up into that stuff and it very much, what if they don't like me? And so I can see why a lot of people don't participate and don't go to the things because it's scary.
0: Well, on that vein, the last question I had in this to talk about the article was what can people do to make friends? And I think that you guys can definitely help Dustin who is going to be going into this situation kind of blind. What can Dustin do to make friends with other army spouses? Maggie, go I know you. Go to you've... the things. Yeah.
1: Every time you get an invitation to something, go to it.
3: But, Don't... but.
1: I know, I know. But every time that there is a function for your wife, go. That reflects well on her as well. And if, you know, her chain of command asks if you want to help with certain things help with them if you can if you're not at work you know that reflects well on her for her career and it helps you meet people join a church join a volunteer organization you know the uso at every single post needs volunteers the spouses club at every Mm -hmm. single post needs volunteers the frg in every single unit needs volunteers so there's no reason to sit at home by yourself when
3: you could be out helping other people which will help you make friends
0: stephanie do you have anything to add to that
3: No, I agree. I think just be open to the opportunity. And as a new military spouse, it is always a little bit hard because like Maggie alluded to, you know, you want to be liked, you want to be accepted, that kind of thing. But also as a male military spouse, you're in the minority. You're mostly going to be with female military spouses. So that in itself sets you apart. And that's going to have intrigue and people are going to come up and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you're here. We always want more male spouses to join these things. So instantly you're going to have friends just from that aspect of it. So just, yeah, really be open to the experiences and sometimes things are going to be out of your comfort zone that you may not want to go to, but then you go and find out that it was something really fantastic. And other times, you know, it's just going to be a quick little situation and you maybe didn't get anything out of it or, you know, make any friends, but you talk to some people and kind of put yourself out there. So I think all of that just comes with time and you just got to be open to it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, Dustin, the the thing that you most have to remember is that you never know when and where you're going to meet someone that will not only impact your life, but you will have an impact on. So you and I met randomly on a cruise on Christmas, like just because your wife was an ROTC cadet as a female, and my wife is a female soldier. And I was like, wow, that's really important to try and you know, at least let them talk to each other and you know, if Lindsay has any questions. And Lindsay wasn't the only ROTC cadet on that boat. If you remember, there was another female military cadet from a college in Ohio mm-hmm. who was there too. and And we all got to hang out together and stuff like that. So you never know who you're gonna meet or how that's going to impact not just your life, but their life as well. So be open to that.
2: Very true. Yeah. So I was just gonna say, I love the opportunity for all that, all the good talks, I appreciate it.
5: Hey friends, it's Heather again. I can't wait to hear this episode's description words and the advice these military spouses have. But first I have to ask you to subscribe, rate and review the show, please. Whether you give Steve a five star or one star review, He wants to hear from you. What do you like about the show? What do you think could use some improvements? Steve and his friends are all ears and would love your feedback. Thank you.
0: Time to move on to my favorite part of the evening, which is when we describe military spouses using our adjectives. This week we're on Juliet, the J adjectives, and uh, we've got some words for y'all, that's for sure. Maggie, I'm gonna start with you. So, what is your Juliet word for us tonight? Jaded. 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 Explain yourself.
1: You know, how many times have you gotten a phone call from your spouse that says, So, I was talking to... And you just go, crap. You know? (laughs) You just always sort of expect things to not be great. You know, you go into a move thinking, how much of my stuff are they going to break this time? And you go into house hunting thinking, how many houses are going to rent before we can find one? And which deployment are we going on this time? You look at things with a more critical eye. Maybe not our new spouse who's six months into the army life, but the rest of us are more than a little jaded.
0: Now let's turn that around and let's make it a little positive because sometimes they do call and you're a little jaded about it, but then it ends up being an amazing experience.
1: Being jaded is not a bad thing because if you're always expecting the worst when it doesn't happen, then it's gravy.
0: Stephanie, what's your word for us tonight?
3: My word is justified. And there's two definitions of it that I think apply. Uh, okay. Uh, the first one is to show or prove to be right or reasonable. And I don't mean it in like a judging type of way. But mill spouses have experiences as they grow up in their roles. And everybody's experience as a military spouse is justified because there's no right or wrong way. You can't say that because you had a great experience, you're a better mill spouse than somebody that maybe had a rougher start or a harder experience. So we're justified because of our experiences and we grow from those experiences. And then the second definition um, is in the context of printing, because how you line things up to fit into a space, right or left, justified. As military spouses, we are constantly learning how to fit into new spaces that we are thrown into willingly or unwillingly. So I think there again, uh, as a military spouse, you justify your actions and your reactions by the space that you are put into.
0: She brought that around a dress right dress. I can't even believe she did it. (laughs) Nice job. I was wondering where you were going to go with that, but I love those explanations for Justified. That's great. Dustin, what about you? You've got a great word, too.
2: My word is journey. Obviously, in the military life, you're always on a journey because you're going to be going to different places and different cities, different states. And obviously, it's all one big journey to each place with the move obviously uh, we've already dealt with the big move getting the military to move us and that's always fun all you can move yourself and get in a test out the city so it's always a new journey trying to figure out the places you want to go the places you want to eat um, obviously if you have kids which your kids are going to do so. and then all the adventures that you can go on uh, all the activities
0: and stuff so it's all one big journey in the military life Our military is not about the destination, it's about the journey along the way. For sure, I love that word for sure. I've got a word for you guys too. Actually, it's a few words all strung together. We are Jacks and Jills of lots of trades. Jacks and Jills of the trade. The longer that you get into this, the more you know how to navigate it and the more you know how to navigate things that you never thought you would be able to navigate. How many military spouses do we know that never thought they would plumb anything in their lives, can fix broken sinks and washers and dryers and everything else? They know exactly what they're doing. How many of our military spouse friends who could not paint to save their lives are now doing crafts beyond belief and are <laughs> creating businesses of their own when they never thought that they would be doing that? These are all things that military spouses do each and every day that simply amaze me. So I think we are Jackson Jills of a lot of different trades as we move through our military life. So what do you guys think about each other's words? Any? Uh, I, I love all the words, but I think they're great.
3: I think they're great too. Jay was hard, but like I said before, my husband was the first one to say Jay did. And I was like, that sounds a little too negative. I don't know (laughs) if I should go with that one, (laughs) but it is true.
0: Yeah, yes.
3: I think justified is
1: good because both meanings of it. I really liked that. Thanks.
0: Well, we got one thing left to do, and this is just a couple, two or three sentence answer from each of you. What is the best advice or what would be the best advice that you would give to a brand new military spouse? Or what was the best advice you got as a new military spouse?
3: I don't know if it's the advice I got, but I guess my advice would be just to be yourself. You don't have to be some expectation of what you think a great military spouse is. If you're genuine and come in and be yourself, people are going to accept you and like you, um, versus trying to please people by doing things that maybe are out of your comfort zone. It's okay to say no to things, um, but yeah, I think just be yourself.
1: When I got married, my aunt wrote me a letter. She had spent 35 years as an Air Force wife she had really great advice in there and some of it was super practical like you should call people whatever your spouse calls them the first time you meet them if he calls him you know major so and so then that's what you should call him because you never know and you don't know people's names anymore and then i think that my biggest piece of advice is to embrace the suck. Go in knowing that things aren't always going to be wonderful, but embrace it and embrace the challenges along with the good times and make sure that you are doing everything you can to have a wonderful life, even when it sucks.
4: I would say be uh, kind of organized and know a game plan that's uh, going on. Obviously, you know, this was our force duty station. But as soon as I kind of knew that we were going to Fort Drum, I started looking into it. I started looking into the area, seeing what's in the area, seeing the the place. And I mean, you want to know if you want to live on base or if you want to live off base. So um, as soon as you find out where you're actually going to be stationed at, kind of jump on board and start looking up things to do or places to go or uh, where you're
0: going to live, start planning. Well, thank you so much for being part of the podcast tonight. You guys have been great. This has been so much fun. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mr. Army Wife and Friends podcast. A special thanks to Maggie, Stephanie, and Dustin for taking part. Join us for the next episode of Mr. Army Wife and Friends when I'll introduce you to more of the great military spouses I've met throughout the years. As always, I've got to thank Heather for everything she does. My name's Steve, I'm Mr. Army Wife, reminding you to be the change you hope to see in the world.